That wasn't me. That was not me. Jesus Christ. It's like geriatric park over here. Oh, I'm going to call this breath cast, breathing cast. Did you talk about the fic? No, we just breathed into our microphones. For Saturday, August 6th, 2011, this is episode 127 of Part of Vic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ron, the next time you're... In this episode, we feature typically Pufuanian on-topic discussion. Not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> I can touch my toes to the faucet. I can turn on the sink with my feet. It's like the Manhattan Project. Don't take offense to this, guys. You guys are the most dysfunctional people. No, they're not! <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Perfect weekly, where the story lands. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm, I'm Julia. <laughs> and then there's Maude. <laughs> Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. I'm Julia. Hi. No, sorry, I just actually choked on a piece of popsicle as that was happening. I was trying to... <laughs> I was waiting for him to go, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Screw your thing up. I thought you were the professional one around here. I actually opened this thing. I have no experience closing out of the room. <laughs> Do you want to try one more time? <laughs> and welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. Trisha. Mike. Bob. No, it's really Ryan. <laughs> yeah, Mike is really Julia. It's Bob Hufflepuff. Yay! We finally got Bob Hufflepuff well, here. Now you finally know the truth, so. Uh, see? I should have known. Absolutely. Bob Hufflepuff and Hufflepuff then it's needs stuff. a wiki. You know what I mean? Because it's like when I was watching Lost, I needed somewhere to go to answer those questions mid-episode. Like, what is that? Where did I see him before? You need to... Who is Bob Hufflepuff? You need to go to the wiki. Who is Bob, Bob Hufflepuff? Bob Hufflepuff is the character that Ryan is always looking for. He serves oh. in the Second Circuit Court of Appeals in Narnia, his memory serves. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah ask a stupid question, Julia. Yeah, I suppose. I've realized in this podcast that Ryan just lies to me nonstop. He was looking for him during A Tale of a Time Long Gone. It's kind of like a Waldo. We got him in Dangerverse, didn't we? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Bob Hufflepuff. I don't know why, but yes, it was Dangerverse. Okay, I feel better. Was he wearing the red shirt? No, we don't let Bob Hufflepuff wear a red shirt. No. We like him. Oh, no. uh, okay. Oh, I mean, yellow shirt then. Yeah. Yes, he had on a yeah. yellow shirt. This is weird being Great back big. in Potterfic Weekly. This is, you no, know it's like, it's like when you move and you come back into your old house and you're like, oh, you put the chair against that wall. Yeah. How interesting. Hmm. You know, Ryan, they have an entire show on TLC dedicated to just such events. Really? <laughs> yes, it's called Moving Up. <laughs> Moving on up. Can I just tell you, I'm sitting here right now wearing checkered pants, white shoes, a green <laughs> sweater vest, a little, like, cap thing, and I golf frequently. Did you also eat dinner yeah. at 4 o'clock? I do. Want to know. Oh my god, you're like an old Jewish woman from I Florida. Ha- I have no idea how I'm even awake <laughs> right now recording this. <laughs> Mazel tov. I'm wearing boxers with Guinness all over it. Wear Guinness all over it. I always overdress for these my things. butt. 
Okay. I, but, uh, I, I have to do it. I have to put the hat on. Hang on a minute. Gotta oh. Get him. oh, hat. Oh, hat. Here's hat. It's going to, like, crush her microphone. I mean, we're going to have, like, the blind leader over here. Hey, it's cool. It's we got it. Hat. Okay, we have hat. You actually Yay, podcast hat. with the hat on. I'm going to podcast with the hat on. I promised to write my sermons with the hat on. But... Yay. Your sermon? Sortings. <laughs> yes, my sermons. Our fellow Pufuanians, the Vicar of Dibley. Binge drinking. Our vicar has had a rather wonderful idea of showing us just how terrible it is. Who are you? I haven't told anyone about your boob job. And you think no one's noticed that you've got a massive egg for a head. Crack on! On this day, a child was born, and his name was Jack Jeremy. Two important things to remember about him. One... He loved all of us. And he had a nice fluffy beard. And three, two, one, Thunderbirds all go! Oh my god, we formed a religion. Yes, Fufwa, the religion. This is hard. It's heavy. I haven't been in the church before. I believe in Fufwa prayers. Oh, well, well that's gotta been proven. In, you gotta believe in poof our prayers. Jen's alive. I mean, come on. I know. Jeez. <laughs> Jeezy crazy. That's horrible. No, I'm just saying. Accurate. Seriously, the plane would have crashed if not for poof our prayers. <laughs> like, one or two things someone could make it through, but not all 18. It's a good thing Jen found you guys. Yeah. Because the it world really would have been a, a really sad place without her. Or she could have been perfectly normal. Nah, that's never. Perfectly safe. So we have this fic here. It's written by someone we all know and love. It's called Secrets, and it's written by Jules, or Aggie Bell 90 Yay! Yay. Jules. We're going with Jules. You gotta go with Jules. Jules. She's our Jules. We type. She's hey, also God. not me. And I sent her a message this morning and said, because she's having mother-in-law troubles, and I sent her she's a message. She's having mother-in-law troubles. Yeah. Mother-in-law mother. called and said, I'm on my way! And then, like, 12 <gasps> hours later, she called and said, we're still packing, and Jules is like, head desk, head desk. We've changed our whole day to wait for you. Fellow you may have mother-in-law problems, or you may know someone who has mother-in-law problems, or you may watch Everyone Loves Raymond on TBS. You have no idea what this woman goes through on a daily basis. She's just so funny. So I sent her a message and said, just to get your mind off your mother-in-law, we're going to record Secrets tonight. And <laughs> she's like, ah! Oh, no! And to make it even better, we're having Ryan on. Well, Sue invites me on every week, and she's like, hey, would you like to come on and cover this fic? I'm like, that's a great fic. Sure. When are we doing that? Next autumn? She's like, Tuesday. I'm like, <laughs> can't read it in time. And then she found one a little bit shorter. When are we doing that? Monday. Still doesn't work, Sue. So she gave me this fic, which is nice and short. I'm like, I can do that. I know. And I gave you like five days to read it. <laughs> you really did. And I forgot, so I read it last night. Yeah, well. Yeah, I completely forgot about this until I got the message when I came home from work today, and I was like, "Oh, I should really get on that." I know. I, I thought, should I send out messages? Because usually people just show up, and thought, I better send out messages because we're going to be short people tonight if I don't. And this is written for the HP Cannon Fest for Lyra's 
Lyra, how would you say that? L Y R A S. You're asking the wrong guy. Lyra, like from that book that I can't think about what it's called. I don't know. That's just her. It's dark materials. Her yeah. light. It's her live journal name, apparently. Oh, it's probably Lyra S. Lyra S. Okay, that yeah, makes like, sense. It's from it's a his dark materials thing. So this person had told Jules that she liked Petunia and thought that she was probably a little nicer than she was portrayed. And so Jules really struggled to get this written because she wanted to do it justice, but also to have it be canon compliant. Well, it's not terribly hard to believe that she once was a quasi-decent but very strange person. And mm-hmm. then over time, you know, the more time she spent with Vernon <laughs> kind of morphed. But I had no trouble believing that maybe at this point in her life there was something more to her that maybe decayed by the time we got to Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. So it starts off with a quote by Charles Sanford. Secrets are made to be found out with time. And I also like the way that it begins. Petunia Evans was perfectly normal. Thank you very much. And she liked it that way. (laughs) Nice. And, you know, we know that from her. She likes her ordered life. She likes her schedule. And I can see that as being comforting to her. Because she knows what to expect, and life just goes the way that she expects it to be. And she has this perfectly ordered little life. Is it bad that I'm thinking she's like a three-year-old? No. Oh, good. Because in the summer, I work with three-year-olds. And we have this one kid who, like, every day, what's next? What are we doing next? What are we doing now? What are we doing now? Like, that was just like, you know, what to expect. Mm -hmm. So I think that Aunt Petunia is, in this case, a three-year-old. Yeah, well, that's good. We we have a picture timeline up so the kids can actually go and look at the pictures and go, okay, it's playtime. Okay, it's time to wash your hands for lunch. And, you know, oh, that's good. Really well. And we have it on Velcro, so if we have a field trip or something. What in the hell is that? Oh. <laughs> I think someone was just stabbed. Head count. Trisha? Here? Are you I okay? think I did. I think I did something. <laughs> I think that's a possibility. I think I had myself a mute, mute. Oh my god, mute! And I unmuted myself, and I guess you heard it. What? Did it sounded you like the Loch Ness monster screaming. How do we know what that oh sounds god, like? <laughs> yeah, I was just undoing my um thing because I was talking and no one was hearing me. And I'm like, oh, I'm still on mute. <laughs> and it just made weird sounds. Okay. Okay, that again. Was there something that you wanted to say about Petunia that you were talking and we didn't hear you? Well, I was just agreeing with Julia. I mean, like, I know, like, with my son only being eight, he wants to know what's going on. I know kid, kids crave structure. Mm-hmm. So I was disagreeing. They like to test it, but they really do need it. Oh, yeah. So. Sometimes I need it, too, but it's more fun when there's a bump in the road. So Petunia is also working for Grenning's drill firm as a member of the secretarial pool. And she's gone to get a cup of tea and turned around and dumped it all over Vernon Dursley. <laughs> he probably deserved it. I thought that was kind of cute. <laughs> it's bad. I don't know why. <laughs> is it me? It's really funny. No, it's Trisha. No, it sounds like oh, creepy guy heavy breathing is what it sounds like. No, it sounds like Darth Vader. (laughs) Julia does. (laughs) Oh, dear. By the way, have you guys ever, this is like a total side note, but have you ever seen the Star Wars Facebook statuses? No. No. Okay, hold on. 
I'm just gonna. I've lost control. You've really lost very control. Well, you have. I'm sorry. It's just that this is really it's like even funny. Like his left is like he's still here. So she's hold on. I gotta go look at this. <laughs> Sue just throws her hat down on the table. No, I wouldn't want to throw a hat. Uh, he might. Yeah, I told somebody the first night, it was like, okay, I'm a little bit worried about a hat in my room while I sleep. I don't know about this. You can't, like, keep it in the living room? Do you have it on the stool in your bedroom? I don't. He was sitting on the box that he came in <laughs> in my bedroom. He needs a stool. A three-legged stool. I don't have a three-legged stool. Not anymore. You can borrow one from Mitt Romney. Yeah, make one. Okay, yeah. I'll call him and see if he'll let me borrow it. Ooh, I actually have a, th- I have a note about the tea. Oh, yes. Good. Well, Petunia makes the comment that she wishes she could perform magic and remove the stain right away. And I didn't know when I started the fic when Jules wrote it, if it was before or after Deathly Hallows. So I didn't know how much we knew about Petunia's thoughts on magic. And obviously mm-hmm. we know from canon that she was very jealous of the fact that she couldn't perform magic, and that's what prompted her animosity towards magic later in life. So I was actually surprised first reading it that she said that she wished she could perform the magic. I would have expected her to say she, you know, almost wished she could perform magic, and then she scalded her brain and got the bleach out and, and sealed <laughs> it. But as I read it more and more, I realized it was post-Deathly Hallows compliant, so it was actually perfectly fine the way it was written, but it's just kind of funny to have read Petunia for years before we got that last book, and now to see that she really wished she could perform magic there for a second. Yeah. Had she been able to have that little bit of magic... You know, to say that everything would have been different, that's kind of like a duh given. But, you know, just she would have embraced it no matter what she says about magic. Right. You know, it's just like if she could have done it, she would have gone wholeheartedly into it. Well, if you're re- if you're listening, to- well, if you're listening to this and you haven't read it, if you read the Psychic Serpent trilogy by Barb, there is a plot line where Petunia for time will develop magical abilities and she's living it up. <laughs> She doesn't hide <laughs> at all. It's, it's really that's hilarious. She absolutely. She just she, has a good time. Oh, she does. She like within hours of discovering she can perform magic. She's washing the dishes and she's like redecorating the house and she's like doing it in the middle of the street. Like she doesn't give a damn. She's like, oh. <laughs> she's. I'm sorry. She's doing what in the middle of the street? She, magic. 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 Oh, good <laughs> because because <laughs> that is like not that sounded like <laughs> totally different fic. Totally different fic. <laughs> That's the Miller Gold fix there. Totally different fix. Talk about brain bleach. Absolutely. Well, (laughs) not going. It was just the way Ryan said it. So we have Vernon. This is our first introduction to Vernon, and she's dumped tea down his shirt. Apparently, it wasn't very hot tea because he's not screaming in pain. I just love her, like, description, her thought process of what she thinks of Vernon. He's handsome. He's stout and strong. And that mustache makes him look distinguished. And I'm thinking, he's fat and short. (laughs) Well, maybe he wasn't here. My question is, Vernon was a grump in the first chapter of Sorcerer's Stone, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Once he gets hairy, he becomes like more and more and more unhinged every day. But what the hell has he been smoking from the time he gets married to Petunia to the time Harry shows up, you know, or to the death of Voldemort there? Because I swear to God, she like spills boiling hot tea on him. He's like, why, hello. How are you today? He has impeccable photos. He's trying to be very uh, suave here. It's kind of creepy. I'm sorry. It just is. When I picture it, I feel like he's trying to be like 007. Being suave. 
Mm. Kind of thing. I'm picturing John Goodman. It's not working. <laughs> yeah. Although John Goodman looks incredible, if anyone has seen him since his acting stint in the West Wing. Yeah, I didn't even see him in the West oh, Wing. He lost like 200 pounds. He looks fantastic. Fun fact. Good, Good, you, Good fun facts. So Why do I like I should be on a VH1 pop-up video? That's the name of my career. Like, where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's new job. Mm. Video. <laughs> oh, hey, that was really good. You guys did that just as the Skype window bounced for me. So that, that looked really good. I'm like, hmm, I thought I had turned my Skype sounds off, but I guess not. Right, looking at my notes here before I have to plug my laptop in and we have the noise from hell. Hmm. <laughs> so, you know, he decides he's going to ask her out instead of letting her pay to get the clothes dry clean. And she's I say about it for a whole, deal. yeah, for a whole second and a half and says, okay. Yeah. You know, actually, yes, she's please. like, but I, I couldn't. And he's like, well, of course you can. And then she's like, well, doesn't she deserve to go to dinner with him? Because, you know, all of her life she's been downtrodden and everything. I was going, go girlfriend, get a free meal. <laughs> That's right. I'm not sure she's really going to get one, because doesn't he take 80% of the portion? Um, I don't think he does the well, first thing. No, that's later after they're married. That's later after they're yes. married. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's trying to impress her. That's mm-hmm. true. He can't He's doing him better. 65%. He'll eat on the way home. <laughs> that's right. Stop for fast food. He, he ate I was before. Say, stop it. Petunia refers to I, Amy at the reception desk as a nosy cow. Hmm. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, they, God, the irony. It's, it's too much. I can't. And a busy Someone, body. Please. Oh, now, we and have I'm all picture, that. And I'm picturing this here because I know, like, there's a different type of man for every woman. Like, I've heard <laughs> this. I, like, I've seen. You've heard this? I've seen documentaries. I'm picturing Ginny Weasley. All right. We all know and love Ginny Weasley. And I'm picturing her in Keza's fic. We just read Keza's fic recently. And for, like, the eight chapters in the middle, Everything Harry does, like, a part of Ginny dies. Like, she's getting so flustered and angry, and and she's about to snap, because she's mad and he's not getting it. And I'm picturing someone, just like Ginny, at the end of her rope, going out to dinner, okay? Now, I'm picturing this bit of characterization from Petunia, and I'm just trying to mesh it in with Ginny, okay? (laughs) And, And here's... And here's what I found. Uh, her estimation of Vernon grew when he ordered dinner for the two of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just trying to picture Harry telling Ginny what she will have for dinner. Oh, yeah. I thought the same thing. He's like, uh, okay. He seems to be very polite and she's very gaga over him. But he is totally taking over. He dominates the conversation. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, that way I didn't have to talk about my sister, and I know everything about him now. He ordered the food. He, yeah, he... Okay, this sounds really weird, especially for me, but I don't mind when a guy orders for me. Really? I mean, if he asks what I want, and I tell him, and he orders for me... Oh, that's different. That's different. Okay. That's different. This is like, say I take you out, okay? Say Danielle's, (laughs) like, out for their mothers, and and we go out for some dinner. And we get to your favorite restaurant, and I decide you would like the Cobb salad. That completely different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's not asking. He's just assuming, and 
you know, he didn't say, hey, is there something you like or is there something okay, you don't like? Okay, for some reason, I kind of just took it as, I, honestly, I felt that kind of redeeming. I mean, you know what I'm trying to say. That's the wrong word. But, I mean, I just found that to be a good quality because I hate ordering only because of my hearing and, and stuff like that. I hate ordering my food because I can't hear. And usually when I'm talking to people because of my hearing, I talk softer than I do, and I always get the wrong thing. But you choose so the food that you want in advance, and someone else will yeah. it for you. That would be completely right. different. Completely yeah. different. Yeah. Like, I'm just picturing him ordering, like, the lamb chops or, like, the lobster sampler or something. And my little lamb chop over here will have the chipper chicken or something. I'm just picturing it <laughs> very <laughs> unequal. The chipper chicken. It sounds good to me. Place the chipper chicken. It's a movie quote. See if you can place it. So. Okay, oh, because I was just about to ask what the hell that is. Father of the bride. Remember when he's downgrading the menu? No, Frank. Tell Honk it's not okay. If I have to move out all the furniture and add amps and repaint the walls and get a new tux and pay for swans, then I like the chipper chicken. Is that clear? I understood the chapel part. Yeah. You could just see her go, the chipper chicken. Yes, Steve Martin. Yes, I recognized it. I didn't recognize where it was from, but I knew that it was the movie quote that I'd heard before. It's a little something I bring to Polyrific Weekly, so it's a little something. That we've missed so much. Oh, we missed, 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 missed. Yeah, like a toothache. Oh. (laughs) Ooh. Snap. (laughs) Sorry. I shall order for you the Cobb salad. (laughs) (laughs) Dressing on the side, if possible. He's not going to share his London pictures with you anymore. I'm sorry, it just just came out. Oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I know where you live. All right. uh, No, you don't. (laughs) You're my new buddy on Facebook, I'll find you. All right, well, so I... Hey, brother. I love that he, all of a sudden, they have this great time and he walks her home or whatever. And then she doesn't hear from him for two days and she's just crushed, you know. Oh, well, isn't, isn't there supposed to be, isn't there like a, you don't call the person for at least two to three days anyhow? Well, not in Petunia's world. Two to three days? That seems a little steep, isn't it? Is that really a rule? Two days? About two days. We live in the world of Facebook, in the world of text messaging, the world of like, you know, I I just wanted to call and let you know I didn't die on the way home. Like, like, three days. Well, first of all, I think it's the next day. And second of all, we are living in an age before there was Facebook and text messaging. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, even with like, thank you. Some of the guys that I. Okay, the guy that I'm dating, I'm, I mean, he's only five minutes away from me. I'm like, when you get home, you're texting me so I know you're home. He's like, okay. So, so, yeah. so you know what we're talking about here. You're, you're, we're tight with us. You got it. Yeah, yeah I got it. Okay. I know. The point but I'm where, uh, where Vernon finally stops by her desk and gives her the petunias and they go out again and he explains that he was called away on urgent business and forgot her phone number or whatever. I was waiting for her to like lean across the table and like write it in Sharpie, like reversible on his forehead. In the <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, there, you won't forget it now. She's like, oh, here, let me write it down and you can put it in your wallet. And all I could think was, desperate. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Desperate, desperate. I am really desperate. <laughs> Sassy gay friend, anyone? Anyone? Uh, Bueller. Bueller. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were doing an impression. I'm sorry. 
kidding. She's making fun friend. of me. I gotta pass it on. <laughs> well, are you the sassy gay friend? I hope not. Well, then I'm not making fun of you. Oh, so you're good. Calm it down. Calm it down. I listened to NPR today. Wait, wait, don't tell me. And they were talking about it's the new in thing right now for women to have at least one gay friend because that's the in thing. I thought we thought that was the end thing. Yep. I, don't have... I didn't realize that was an out thing. Yeah. That's what they said. We never, knew it, went, we never knew it went out. It's, or in. I don't know. It's just what they told me. Huh. Do men have to have gay friends as well? I'm not sure how many I have at the moment. Uh, I don't know. I have to do a head count. Well, I live in Massachusetts. I'm sure I'll round up a few people. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find some somewhere. The, I was yeah. Oh, the other oh, oh, thing oh, I that they did. Did. I just have 12. Okay, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> thing that they came up with is they have proven now that the chicken came before the egg. Don't ask me how. It had something to do with something that's in the chicken's body. But anyhow, that was the other big proof that they came up with. I learned great things listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. NPR. Well, well NPR. it is a Monday, so they're probably getting the stuff out at the beginning of the week to shock and awe you. Yes. Well, always. Because who doesn't need that on a Monday morning? No. Take a look here. What else do I have here in my old notes? Well, he's prepared. I, like I have I have notes right in front of me here. I commented on the fact that Jules incorporates the fact that she's not as attractive as Lily and knows it. And there's that vulnerability to her character. And she knows that Lily has red hair and it, it has all the guys after her. And the guys could be either James or Snape or just regular guys, depending on when this was written. And she recognizes all these limitations she has and she's down on herself for it and she's jealous over it. And the fact that she could be the perfect little housewife is something that Lily couldn't do. So it's the one thing that she strives to do. It's it's all that she pretty much has. So I like the <laughs> fact that you, you see why she strives to fulfill that role Has because it's, it's something she yeah. can do it's something that she can do very well and even when she goes on the date with vernon later on she almost refers to it as like a job application for marriage like you know if, if, right. I, get, if I dress very well and i and i really impress him maybe he'll marry me gee that's how it works too mm. really yeah i'm going to go ahead and agree with you because it just it makes so much sense you know, it just kind of like fills in everything that we know about her from canon. Cause like I never really pictured Petunia as having that much depth of character. Cause like to me, the Dursleys were always just like stock characters, just sort of meant to, you know, play a role and show that, you know, they suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So well, Ver- Vernon does. Petunia's always had, since book five, she's been a little bit. Yeah. She's always had a little bit more depth, but I confess I've really never given her that much thought. But, you know, now that I'm thinking about her, it does make sense that this is, like, the one thing she's really good at. Like, the one area in which she can outshine Lily, which might be why she's so, like, you know, anal about it. Because maybe all these years later, she's, like, still trying to prove that she's better than Lily. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, she just finds herself, that's where she shines and everything. I mean, everybody does something that they're like, okay, this is the one thing I know I'm good at. This is going to be, this is something I'm going to take pride in. And if it is cleaning her house and making sure her her husband has every fulfilling need. I mean, I can't bad talk her because you know what? If that's what gives her pride, it's not my priority. But she might think my priorities suck compared to her. So that's right. There's like a line there. Lily had flowing red hair and could charm Father Christmas, but Petunia could barter down overpriced items and cook Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> well, I kind of like bring know, it on, I, bitch. It's like whoa. <laughs> anybody who could barter anything. But hey, all the power to them. Yep. I like a good bargain myself. 
And so a, that, oh, I'm sorry, there's a, just a really great line. I can't remember if this is verbatim or if I paraphrased it in my notes, but when she's at dinner that first time, or maybe it's the second time, she knew everything about him after the meal. She wasn't given the opportunity to tell him much about herself, but that didn't bother her. She didn't really want to spend too much time on her sister and her abnormalities. Like, mm-hmm. who else would be on this date right now saying, shut up, I want to go home? But right. she loves yeah, the fact really. that she, like, if you think of it at this point, she hates her sister. Her parents are likely, I believe, dead at this point. They're dead. So yeah, they, they've gone for a year now. Yeah, and, and you're, you, you really can't picture that she has a lot of girlfriends. You know, she doesn't have, she doesn't have anybody. She probably has, a like, an annoying cat. I mean, the, Oh, dead. she wouldn't have or a they, cat. No, they, they that would be messy. She has, she, has a, she has a dead goldfish that she, like, buried in the backyard. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, she has literally no one. And how sad is that? So now she's out with someone else. She doesn't want to talk about the fact that she has nothing and that what she does have is very strange. She wants the other person to, ne- to never shut up. She found the perfect man. She found the jackpot. Right. So, and, and it's, it's really weird to think of it that way, but she did. And Am I the only one who's sitting here thinking... She couldn't have come up with other talking points besides her sister. Yeah. Like, are there other things that you can talk about on a date besides your, I mean, it's been a very long time since I've been on a date, but I can't recall ever bringing my sister up on a date. How are your parents oh, dead? How's your job? You have the same job. You work at the so it's not like, tell me about where you work, you know? Yeah. But they have True. something in common there. So that could be, that could bounce off. They did find out that they had the same political They do place. gossip. Yeah, I can see them gossiping. Yeah, and they do, like, religion, and they do kind of, like, similar things like that. But on personal histories, he's all up on his. She never wants to discuss hers, because, like, what else does she really have to... Nothing. I like, after you take her home the second time, she's let herself back into her apartment. She leans her forehead against the door, and she smiles a slow, secretive, womanly smile. He made her feel so attractive. Just the attention that he fawns on her makes her feel attractive. And it's because of that low self-esteem that she has from Lily. You know, Lily's the golden child. She's the one that everybody loves and she gets everything. And now here's this man that's paying attention to her. And even if it's negative attention, which it's not really, but it kind of reminds me of. She's the best attention ever. Yeah. It's, you know, he's allowing her to bask in his presence. And there's yeah, something to be said exactly. for having something that's just yours, because you have to imagine up to this point, her parents probably passed away very recently. Everything was probably characterized as, you know, either Petunia and Lily's or something they shared together or, you know, a contest that both of them experienced. You know, for example, in terms of magic, Petunia didn't have it. Lily did. You know, in terms of friends, I'm sure they all knew each other's friends growing up. This is one thing that now Petunia has in her own life that Lily can't touch. And she found this perfect quote-unquote guy and Lily can't take that away from her. I mean, this is something that's exclusively hers. But that's not what she's thinking, because she's thinking, he finds out about Lily, she's going to take him away from me because he's going to find out she's weird and he's not going to want to have anything to do with me anymore. Well, I meant from the perspective of he's in the seat. Well, honestly, you know, if he saw Lily walking down the street and didn't know she was a witch, maybe he would be you know, very excited to see her if he thought she was more beautiful than Petunia, but... My only point is it's something that she got on her own that Lily likely right. Lily probably wouldn't be interested in him, but it's something that, that's hers. But yeah, Lily could seriously screw it up. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Trisha? I was agreeing with Ryan because, I mean, I know, I was trying to think how to say this. I mean, if you're not an only child, you kind of you always have a competition with your siblings. I, I'm being the youngest child. My brother always got, got things and I didn't. And when I succeeded at something, 
that my brother had nothing to do with. It was always something very, something that I was very proud of because, you know, I, I did this on my own. There was nothing he did or he didn't do it before me or something like that. So I did not, what Ryan's saying, I can understand that. What are you giggling at? I'm laughing at Ryan because he's breathing over you. <laughs> Ryan, stop breathing, damn it. I actually don't think I am. I think it's in, we're in path of a fan or something here. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start. Actually, hold on. Ryan, are you stalking me? Hang on. I'm not a little bit. <laughs> Hang on, just for a second. I'm not breathing or talking. Can you still hear this? No. <laughs> well, I can hear Julia. <laughs> Do you need to have me mute so she can say that again, or was it fun? Uh, no, we'll we'll deal with it. I'll make you edit the episode. It'll be fine. <laughs> I think I'm just going to start randomly doing that. Just <laughs> totally reminds me of the episode oh, where you cat. had the cat. <laughs> where I had the what? You had the, the cat. cat. Remember Jen had like then Jen had like a Jen cat. No, what? Was, I had a cat. Rena, Rena was had. Rena oh, the cat. Yes, yes, yes. Almost died. Oh, <laughs> oh, do you remember that? <laughs> I do now. Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot about that classic poop moment. <laughs> I'm half dead. <laughs> My mother in law is evil. No. <laughs> no. You're evil and you must be destroyed. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember that cat. My 11th grade biology partner gave me that cat because we dissected cats in 11th grade biology. Hey. <laughs> oh my God. That was funny. I haven't um, talked to her. I haven't talked to her since the season three finale. I had to call her the next day. Do you remember what happened last night? No, but I left myself a note by the computer that says you're making an ass out of yourself. Call Ryan tomorrow for details. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that makes me curious is, you know, one of the very first episodes, she tells about how she chased a cat down and was throwing this frozen burrito at it and then put the burrito underneath the bed mm -hmm. in, in the burrito case. And then we find out that she's deathly allergic to cats. So why were you chasing down a cat? She's <laughs> not very bright. I'm not very <laughs> sure. Oh, my God. Without her, the Puffa season finale would have been a bust. Man, yeah, that's she pretty was much true. So funny. She was so funny. <laughs> Okay, can I just refer you all to the Star Wars Facebook statuses where General Veers says, My boss's breathing is so annoying. It's all like, Hoo pa, hoo pa. What's up with that? And then Ed Bromati says, Raffle. I saw under his mask once. It looked like a Humpty Dumpty had an abortion. And then Darth Vader says, Perhaps you should consider sending your profile to private. And then General Veers says, My lord, it was just a stupid joke. And then Admiral Mati says, we meant no disrespect. And then Darth Vader says, I am going to force choke the piss out of you at work tomorrow. Ooh. And Darth Vader says, never mind. I think I can just do it from here. And then Darth Vader says, yep. If only I could use the force to change your status to dead as hell. And then Grandma Tarkin says, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh my, god. oh my god, we have too much time on our hands. Really it's, it's really, it's only funny because I was sitting at Humdinger headquarters when I first saw this, and those two are like the two biggest Star Wars fans I know, so it was pretty awesome. 
Anyway. What else do I have in my notes here? You ever notice how I'm on topic all of a sudden in the last, like, You're on topic? I don't know. You're on topic with notes. I've tried very hard to get people to write notes for us now, and they all ignore me, so. Yeah, I I was always ignored, too, until I came over to this side. (laughs) Uh, Petunia wanted Vernon to have her name at the top of his list when he decided to settle down and felt that the dinner party would be an awesome job interview. Wow, that's Petunia. Yeah, I just... It was I just, just felt bad. I don't know why. I didn't feel so bad. I mean, is she looking for love or is she just looking for like somebody who makes her feel nice? Like, I don't even know what her goals are. I, I think it's more like she's looking for someone just to be a companion. Almost, it's just being companionship. She's looking yeah. for a roommate with, you know. <laughs> Fringe benefits. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Roommate with benefits, which is basically what I think she got in the end. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I think she accomplished no, I was going to say, I hate to say it too, because Jules does such a great job of making Petunia vulnerable and making her into to, to a person that I can almost see her being a human being. But the point where Petunia made the comment to herself that she, you know, had her baby growing in her belly, she just, for whatever moment, she snapped back to being Petunia, and my exact response was, Ew! <laughs> I couldn't help it. Like, not even Jules could help me there. Aww. I don't know if I was picturing it or I was picturing that peon cast episode where you guys were picturing it, but it's just... <laughs> who's on top though? I can't who I can't remember. I don't wanna know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was the other way that would have hurt. Okay, that's, I that's don't too wanna much know. Information. Like, is a tiny woman sick. to have that big of a man, like just oh. <laughs> A dead weight? Stop. Wow. Stop. You Stop talking. Stop talking now. <laughs> and would it just like... Please, God, stop. <laughs> <laughs> when do you think the rigged mortis oh, would God. kick in? <laughs> Vernon was they... on the bottom. It had to, it had to work that way. Oh, I was, I was, I was picturing that scene after the end, which Dudley oh. was conceived in a jail cell. Where Dudley was in a what? Dudley was conceived in a jail cell. Oh, yeah. As a result, and after the end, they oh. had a Black and Potter mission to the Dursleys' house, and they kept seeing pink elephants at the opera, and so they got arrested, and then nine months later, Dudley happened. No, I remember that. I'm thinking of, um, I think it was Melinda's fic, where Harry gets picked up at the end of the summer to go to the borough, and if memory serves... I th- no, um, Dudley was smoking pot or something. Yes. He, wasn't he, like, running naked around the lawn or whatever, and all uh, the neighbors came out and... Like, he was just giggling on the lawn, It's I think. basically like the house is, like, collapsing. It's, it's like the 50 worst things you could do to Petunia all happening simultaneously as Harry's driving away from Petunia yeah. for the last time, so... The wizards are there, Dudley's smoking pot on the front porch, and, yeah. Yeah, it's smoking pot. People, I'm not gonna want to do anything for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Brian made me think of Vernon on top dying with his boots on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God, the horror. Well, well no, remember that, that? You were so trying funny. to figure out if Vernon would be on the top or the bottom, and we emailed everyone, and everyone's like, Petunia would be dead. Of course, he's on the bottom. And <laughs> like, every single yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Graham Cowgirl. I didn't realize there was debate about that. I just thought it was obvious. We did polling, yeah. I got such a kick out of Dan because we made him so uncomfortable with that. Please, God, stop. <laughs> I think I get used to it. Which this happens Dan? a lot of time over here. Hufflepuff Dan. Whoa. Now, here's That's my really? question. The, the, the owl flies oh. to Privet Drive. 
And he gets in the house, and Vernon sees it, and Vernon flips out. And he's like, what is the meaning of this? And Petunia's response is, my sister is a witch. And his response is, that's preposterous. And she's like, there's no such thing. No, really, she's a witch. And Vernon's like, good God, and he leaves for three days. My thing is, do you think Vernon would have believed it based on the owl, or do you think he would need to see, like, four people apparate right in front of him before he would buy it? Oh my goodness, it would take more than four. It would take four people operating, then probably Dumbledore putting the wardrobe on fire, and maybe something else, too. Maybe Freeman <laughs> turning into a werewolf. I just thought it was yeah. amusing, because it was basically, he sees an owl, he flips out, he leaves, he comes back three days later, and he's still wearing the same underwear. So, like, something happened to Ver. Like, Vernon has his own one-shot right there, so I'm not exactly clear on what happened. That would be an interesting one-shot. No, it wouldn't. The three days. Well, the three days, yes. Not about the changing of the underwear, but the rest of it, I think, would be very solid. <laughs> Thank you. I don't want to know about that. <laughs> I don't need to be involved in that. Actually, it's yeah. Vernon. Who the hell gives a crap? I care about Petunia, and I enjoy the fact that she was already looking through the class... This is how you know this woman's attached to her man. She's going through the classified heads looking for a new job. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, looking for a new job, and she's looking for maybe she can find another man, blah, blah, blah. Vernon comes back, back from job Costco. And, you know, you can just picture that he, at first I thought he went to, a, like, a hotel or something. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling he just, like, lived in his office for three days. He's in the driveway in the car. (laughs) (laughs) He just wasn't willing to go out and look. Number four and a half, Privet Drive. No, they're not there yet. No, they're not there yet. We did skip over this wonderful proposal because, you know... This was so romantic. I think we need to oh, yes. at least mention it. He he auditioned her by letting her do this house party. Mm-hmm. And then after it all went really well, it, I love that they're both thinking the same thing. She's thinking to herself, "Ooh, if I do this really well, maybe he'll ask me to marry him. I'm going to have my name at the top of the list. And he's thinking, okay, I'm going to let her try it. And if it works out, I guess I'll ask her to marry me. You know, just, oh. No, it's sad. But then Jules even say that Vernon was very nervous about it himself, and his thought was if she turned him down, at least he would get a dinner party out of the deal. Yeah, but still, I it was, like, was I very... I didn't see him being, like, I didn't pick up, like, in this characterization, like, there was nervousness coming from him, because he was like, you know, oh my god, you've just scalded me, you know, hello, my little lamb shop. Like, he right. was very calm, cool, and collected there. But the, Yeah, I didn't picture him nervous at all. It was more like, hey, he was the best thing she could ever get, and he knew it. Well, I enjoyed the proposal, because it was so political. It was like, so, you know, we get along famously, and you can quit your job if you wish, and there are stock options, and we can get you dental with it. And, like, it was literally like and she benefits. was getting... Yeah, and benefits. We will, we will have many children, many children, starting tomorrow afternoon. Boba chicka bow wow. And it was, like, going down the line. Well, it reminded me of, um... It's just the way you said many children. Well, it reminded me of, um... I've told this on Perfect Weekly before. This actually is Perfect Weekly. What the hell? I'm saying it again. Um, when... When you get married, you're going to find that they have 24 parties for you before you're allowed to actually get married. The first of which is the engagement party. So we had the engagement party at Danielle's parents' house. And Danielle's mother pulled her father aside and said, you need to give a toast. That's your only job. Until you die. Walk her down the aisle, give a toast at the engagement party. In reverse order. 
the party begins, and Danielle's mother says, Dave, you know, my father-in-law, would like to say a few words. The look on his face, he forgot one of the two things he had to do before he died. Right. And he doesn't know what to do. So there's pictures of this, Trisha, on Facebook, there's pictures of this. We're leaning against okay. the company van in the driveway. It's a very, very high-tech engagement party. And he's like, I need to give a toast. And he stands there, and he holds his beer bottle up in the air. He's like, Archie Bunker. And we're all, we raise our glasses. And he pauses for like 28 seconds. And we're all like, all right. We need movement here. Nothing's happening. And he starts to give a toast. It's the same speech you give if you're the vice president of the company and someone leaves to go work somewhere else. Yeah. He's basically like, I, I just want to say, now you have to realize too that Danielle used to work for him at the family business, but that I think That's he's, and he's leaning against the family car. He's like, I just want to say that Danielle, you, you, you've been so great all these years. We've so enjoyed having you here. We, we've enjoyed, like, my name's not coming up at all. It's like, we, we've enjoyed you so much, and, and we're just going to miss you so much, and, and we want to wish you all the best in all all your future endeavors. We just we just love you so much, and you've brought so much to us, and we know you're going to take these skills, and you're going to go far places. And I'm looking at him, and there's pictures of this up here. I lean over to Danielle, I'm like, I think he's going to give you a clock. I know, I was waiting for the watch. And it just reminded me. It reminded me exactly of Vernon. We can get you dental. We can have every other Tuesday off. Yeah. Hey, Trisha, did you find the picture? I'm trying to. Oh. Engagement photos. Yep, I found it. Oh, wait, now I gotta go look for it. Hold on. I love how he almost gives her a choice. He's like, okay, we we'll find a new house and dental and all of this. And, and of course, you could quit working if you chose... Of course, you know, once we have children, you're going to want to quit working. <laughs> hint, hint. Well, my thing is, he gives her the choice whether or not she wants to work, but he's decided you will eat the Cobb salad. Hold on, did we well, find the picture? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's why I'm laughing so hard, because your face is like, what the I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this man talking about? <laughs> Hold on, I didn't find it yet. You can see your brain thinking how funny it is, and how it's going to make great material for the podcast. Poor hey, kid. Hold yeah. up, there's the um, if you're all friends, man. There's the link. Just click on the next. There's like four or five pictures. Ryan's wearing his what the fuck face. <laughs> I love that face. I love it that he comes to you afterwards and he goes, so. How'd I do? Yeah, he's like, he's like, Ryan, I don't mean to tell you this, but, you know, I didn't practice that at all. Like, Dave, it was seamless. Wow. Oh, I put quotes up of it, too. Oh, really? Yeah, it's in the, it's the 28. To my lovely daughter, Danielle, and Ryan. Danielle, <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us for all these years. I wish you all the best. Either she's getting married or leaving the firm. Having the right delicate dedicated. Gee, Kelly, aren't you glad you joined us? I have no idea what you're talking about. Hey, hey, Kelly, what? How long have you been here? For about 30 seconds. Oh, well, we're looking at Ryan's engagement photos and also Danielle's engagement photos, and we're talking about Dave. <laughs> We're comparing Vernon's proposal to the speech my father-in-law gave at our engagement party. They're seamless. I'm kind of afraid. This is, <laughs> They're seamless. This is the speech. Okay, you read Vernon's speech? Yes. Okay, this is my father-in-law's speech at the engagement party. Danielle, I just want you to know it's been a pleasure having you here with us all these years. 
You've been such a hard worker, so dedicated. We're going to miss you, and we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. All righty. <laughs> and then we got the clock. Yeah, yeah and oh, you're going to have children. You will want to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> and eat the cob salad. That I will order for you. Right. <laughs> we're just discussing the proposal, so that'll kind of give you where we're at. Yeah, I know where you're at. Yikes. <laughs> so we have been jumping around a little. And, you know, doing this for an hour and a half and slightly off topic. No, no. not us. <laughs> not you. Okay, Sorry, one guys. thing I have kind of forget about is that he pulled out the ring. What's mm-hmm. the ring look like? Oh, no, it's a ring. Was it small? Is it possible it was small? It Probably. Viv Cloister pulled out the ring out of his pocket. She didn't even know he had it there. And placed it on her finger, laid in, and kissed her. <laughs> and I was, I'm just like, <laughs> just getting married. And I'm like, what's the ring look like? Knowing Sorry. Vernon, it's cubic. It's a <laughs> And it's only She's... one. It's only like a, maybe like a quarter diamond. Mm-hmm. Like a quarter. Yeah. You might have to get the microscope out and look at it. <laughs> sure, it fits her frail stature. Yes, there you go. That makes it sound so much nicer. Well, you know, I try. So they have a civil ceremony because her parents are gone and their his parents are gone. And of course, we don't want to invite Lily. So we just have it with Aunt Marge. Yay. Can't you imagine? Marge! Oh, boy. I wonder if the bulldogs came. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I read the, I read the line wrong, because at one point, there was a line yeah. in there that I completely misread. Hold on here. Uh, there it is. I ought to get to know him better, she thought, just to see if we're compatible. So far, it seemed they definitely were, but she didn't know anything about him other than the fact that he was well-mannered, unlike those boys who hung on her sister's every word. A hard worker, he'd have to be in order to get as far in his career as he had at such a young age, and loyal to what was left of his family, given the way he went on and on about his sister Marge. All I, like, I know what she meant by that, but I completely misread that sentence, and I thought that what was left of his family implied that Marge had died. I'm like, was she in the witness protection program later? Like, it, like I stopped. I'm like, Jules, what happened? Then I read again. I'm like, oh, it was me. And I carried on. Marge and her bulldogs. Yes. Ripper. Ripper. <laughs> so the last thing I have in my notes here is it's occurred to me a lot reading the canon that Snape looks at Harry and he sees James Potter with Lily's eyes. And that's like the double whammy. It's like the woman he could never have in the face of the man who took her away from him. It's never occurred to me, too, that the same is also true for Petunia. And every day she's looking at Lily's eyes staring back at her from the quote-unquote burden that Lily left behind. And it's kind of like, you know, no matter how much Petunia may think she's gotten here, you know, with Vernon in her own life and the fact that she doesn't feel like she has that many legs up on Lily but this, it's like Lily's found a way to get into her life and even take Vernon away from her to some extent. And I just thought that was something well, I thought it's wrestling. It's right. I don't think that Petunia looks at Harry very much. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's think, because maybe she doesn't want to look talks, at the eyes. Yeah. She, I think she talks to the room that he's in. Yeah. Like when they're sitting at the table, she'll talk to the light fixture. Make sure you don't burn the breakfast this time. Yeah. She doesn't talk to him. Maybe she doesn't look at him. Maybe Snape, because if she looks yeah. at him, it's going to remind her of that. Mm-hmm. And Snape. Snape's outlook on this is that he wants revenge 
on the face that he sees. He's not thinking of Harry the child or Harry the son of Lily Evans. He's thinking James Potter. Yep. That's all he sees. That's all he ever sees. And he sees the promise that he made. Yeah. Right. That he absolutely hates. Plus, I think that's true, too. I think on some level, Snape is just like a glutton for punishment, and he'd rather bask in his anger forever. And I think that Petunia is someone who, every time she looks at Harry, it's almost like acid. It's like looking right into Lily's eyes. So it's like like you said, she just keeps looking away. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Yeah. She does not have anything to do with Harry. Vernon is the do this, do that. And then Dudley is the, you know, punch in the nose and trip while nobodyody's looking and you know because mm-hmm. he can get away with it because kelly i understand mama's not looking to see what they're doing exactly it's very clear kelly i understand you <laughs> <laughs> or, or how should i put this ryan yes we reach <laughs> i thought she was i thought she was say bite me again like she did with, the, with the last time we podcasted together exactly <laughs> No. <laughs> that was Darth Vader. Hey, did we lose Julie? Just her. No, I'm here. no, that was Darth Vader. That was. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of. <clears throat> We've been doing a lot of breathing on this. Soon, the place is going well since I left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ryan. You bring so much back to us. Mm-hmm. That's right. We love breathing now. It's good. It's, you know, it's a good thing to do, I suppose. And you teach Lamont. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I need to breathe Darth Vader style. I'm <laughs> trying to imagine Darth Vader in Lamont's class. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. You are not doing your breathing. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Luke, I was there when you were born. We breathed. Oh, God. It's very bad. The painters must have left. The ladder sounds that have been going on for the last 10 minutes have gone away. Well, that dark painter sounds like he has sinus drippage. Mm. I don't know. Kelly's eating. (laughs) Yeah, how could you tell? (laughs) (laughs) So, this is right before he finds out about the magic. And I'm sorry, but she's like the family dog here. You know, he's due home any minute. So she's got his slippers there and the newspapers next to his chair. And it's oh, yeah. opened up. And, yeah. and the whiskey. Let's not forget the whiskey. Can't forget the uh, whiskey. Cognac. Oh, it's was it cognac? So booze. It is whiskey. I think cognac sounds a little bit more sophisticated. But that's just me. Mm. But anyhow, I just thought it was very funny that she's got everything going to be just absolutely perfect for him when he walks through the door. And then she's got to go and, yeah, she's got to go and get her dress and freshen up and everything. And then she hears this tap, 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 tap. And there's an owl at her window. Of course, if you ignore it for three days, it'll be fine. Yeah. It reminds me of the, um, is it Revlon who tried to bring back the narrow waist and the wide skirts after World War II? I wasn't there. Though. That, you know, put the woman back in the home kind of thing. And mm-hmm. that's what this, I mean, this is very 60-ish. Right. I thought it was more 50s-ish, but I'll go with that. Well, you know what I mean. Early yeah. 60s, you know, that whole leave it to beaver kind of mentality. Right. Right. 
making herself look good for the man and all this other stuff. And Bettina yeah. loves that because it's something she can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that she tells the owl to shoo. Shoo, go away. Like it's no. going to do anything. Post owls have no manners whatsoever. The whole entire time, I'm thinking, like, let the damn thing in. It'll go away really, really fast, and then Gerda would never know. Right, right. She doesn't want it in her pristine house, because you know they're dirty. I know, yeah. Well, the whole entire time, I'm thinking, you're just setting yourself off for failure. She she wants, in the whole entire time, I'm reading it, I'm like, she wants him to find out. That's what's going to happen, because she wants to, because in so many ways, her lies are eating at her. Mm. So she's she's setting herself up for him to find out. I don't know if it's her lies or eating at her. I think on some level she's afraid that how long are you going to be able to keep the lie going? I mean, now that she's married, basically if she screws something up, he's not automatically going to leave her. Right. Like, don't let this blow while we're dating, you know, <laughs> get married. Mm-hmm. Oh, but no, even later, though, he does that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, he does, but it's a lot you know? harder for him. It's a lot harder to leave But he just comes back. Right. Right. Yeah. Because then she's going to have to go get, I mean, it's the divorce and all this other stuff. Yeah. I think she was trying to delay as long as divorce jet and it's going on for over three years. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but, you know, I really just wanted to punch him in the nose the whole story. <laughs> yeah. He's not, she made Petunias almost likable, but he will never be. Well, the story's not even about no. him. I mean, mm-hmm. the story's definitely about her, and that's why I didn't really particularly care where he went for the three days or if it was believable that he would believe in magic just because he saw the owl. I mean, I don't care about that. I'm sure maybe he did, but I cared about what she did during those three days. The fact that she, you know, after a while realized I need to move on with my life. I need to get a new job. He's not coming back and look through the want ads and so forth and get on with your life. Then he came back and... You know what? That's kind of fast in three days to do all that kind of like your grieving process. You're sad, yeah. then you get angry with other stuff. I think she saw that. that was quick. But Lily was so toxic to her that, like, a little drop of Lily got on Vernon. Like, it's not coming out. Like, I think she decided. Mm-hmm. I think she has so much experience <laughs> with Lily messing up her life that she's like, all right, you know what? This isn't going to work. And even later on when she does meet with Lily, it's like she tells Lily off to such an extent that there's absolutely no chance that Lily missed the message. I mean, she's made her decision. Her point. Yeah, I, I do like the incorporation of the effing owl. That's right out of yeah, effing owls. And and here's where she serves Vernon the large portion of roast and potatoes and has just a little bit for herself. Mm-hmm. He thinks of a wonderful idea. Let's eat in front of the telly. Yeah, yeah. like he just cracked the technology. What a wonderful idea! Yeah, like he cracked the technology. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder if they had TV trays. Oh, she said tray. Oh, he broke the tray. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was specifically a TV tray. It might have been like a serving tray that they just put on their laps. Yeah. A dinner but, tray. Yeah. It just made me think of TV trays. Of course, I'm old enough to remember those. Kelly is too, but I don't think the rest of you are. Yeah, you just threw Kelly under the bus. The old TV <laughs> trays. I know what they are. The TV trays with the checkerboard wood Uh pattern that weren't actually made out of wood. They were made out of metal and plastic. Right. Yeah. They'd hide and you'd put them back together, pop them up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like some of those. Yeah, we did too. I I liked it. The owl comes in and, you know, he's like, that's an owl. What's it doing here? And and it's got a piece of paper. And she just totally absentmindedly says, parchment. It doesn't even occur to her that she's giving away more than she should. And then she's like, it's probably going to use it to build a nest. 
get out of my house as he waves his beefy hands at them. So I guess I was wrong. He is beefy at this point. I think he was always beefy. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he a, didn't he have boxing awards or something like that when he was younger? I seem to remember that. Didn't he say something to, he said something to Dudley about that when Dudley was turning his life around uh, in Half-Blood Prince. That could be. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely see that. There's nothing in the story that goes against that. Yeah. You can definitely see that. No, I was going to ask, at the point we're at where the owl shows up. No, that would be before Dudley wouldn't have been um, conceived yet because that was the invitation. Not yet. Okay. No, right. I was trying to figure out if she would have been a single mom if he hadn't come back, but that wasn't even part of the story. Okay. Mm-mm. No. The thing I I think what really showed Petunia is she says she was also a detached observer watching her husband make a fool of himself over an owl. And the thing is, it's just like her just seeing that he is a fool. You can, I mean, it's not a very, it's not a loving relationship just by that. But you know what? Don't get me wrong. I mean, I can see my dad making a fool of himself and laughing hysterically saying, Dad, you're making a fool of yourself. Doesn't mean I don't love him anymore. But, but then she would make a fool of that. He would make a fool of himself over an owl implies there's nothing to make a fool of yourself over. It's just an owl, which implies her experience in the magical world isn't so toxic. It's a place that she is somewhat comfortable. She knows what to do with the owl, but she doesn't want to do it because Vernon's home. I mean, she, it, she's not the one who doesn't want the M word spoken in her presence so much that she just is very disappointed by that world. Maybe. Well, wasn't there the fact that? Her disappointment came from the fact that she couldn't, she could not be a part of it. Right, right. Because yeah, and it, and she had written. Yeah, and she and she yeah, was a letter. She written so, a letter. Double. So I think maybe on some level she hates it, and then on some level, anytime she gets any exposure to it, she wants it, even if it's something you hate, because it's like it's you're being denied access to something, so you hate it because of the way it makes you feel. But then anytime you're around it, you just want to grab a piece of it anyway. I don't know. It's I think that's very mm-hmm. human. If that's Something that Petunia does. Uh, I agree. So we find out that it's a letter from Lily and she's getting married. And like Vernon, is there a reason she couldn't send a letter via the postman? Like a normal person? Petunia's like, she's not normal. She's a freak. And she ruins everything. Oh, I bet she'd been waiting to say that for so long. Mm-hmm. Just because she's a witch like, can do ah! think she's so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's like she projects out vomited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, ah, she's a witch. Yeah. And I love his response. Magic, at least you could do is tell me the truth. You know, he doesn't believe it for a minute. And then she does, I don't know, somehow she does convey that. So, no, really. I know if someone would come up to you and say, hey, yeah, there's magic. I mean, I'm sorry. I guess it's, I'm the skeptic. You're like, yeah, just prove it. But, you know, I think all of us want to believe in magic. So that's kind of a little bit, there's a little leap. Yeah, well, I don't know that Vernon wants to believe in magic. Ryan, stop breathing. No, he still thinks that she's lying to him. Yeah, and he stomps out. And she's not. Wow. I'm trying to think. Because I'm not breathing anything. I don't know. I know what he's doing. What am I doing? He's blowing up balloons, and now he's making characters out of them. I think this is the circle. Because I'm literally turning off every fan in the room, because I'm not breathing any differently than I ever do, and I'm at, like, seven bars here, so I can't figure out what the hell. Because I see the thing going, and I'm like, You're no, I'm turning off every fan in the room, and I'm not moving, and I'm not even breathing out of my nose. And it's like, like I can't figure out why he's doing it tonight of all nights. 
See, you're yeah, out of practice. Out. Yeah, although I'm well, that's why you're panting into the microphone. Are you guys very like garbly to each other, or is it just me? It's just you. Okay. You were seems like people you were breaking up after each other. Well, yeah, we, because I'm recording it though. It's not sound. However, I hear it. You guys are a little garbly, like in the last tense. I'm not sure if that's that may come across a little bit on the recording. It's because there's too many people on the whatever. We we, all, we have our usual amount, so we should be okay. Interesting. I do have to get going kind of soon, so I'm down to like 10 percent power. I'm trying not to charge it, so it doesn't make more feedback, even though I'm breathing. So it's probably going to make it worse anyway. So I'm going to actually probably plug it in because I don't. Is this the one in which baby Harry shows up at the end, or is it the yes. other one? Yes, no, this is the one where he shows up at the that's, end. 18 months later. We should probably talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. Get there. So we've talked a little bit already about the fact that she spent, well, I don't know that we've talked about when, after he leaves, she spends all of her time cleaning the house. You know, I can relate to this, not at the moment because my house is a pit, but I have gone through spurts where like when my dog died that, you know, I need to be doing something. And so I clean. I tend not to clean my house, though. I go somewhere else, somebody else's house to clean. I don't know what it is. Remind me to come over when you're depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Or to have me over at your house. Yeah. I can kind of see that, you know, it's something that she does really well. It's her comfort zone. And it's something that she's oh, yeah. gonna, you know, want. And I love it. I mean, she's polished the silver, the that's paintings are dusted, the cupboards are cleaned out. And she even that's what I do when I'm pissed too. She has put all of this together like this so that if and when he comes home, he comes home to a pristine house. Mm-hmm. Do you really think he notices that? No, nah. I don't. He probably yeah. noticed if it was very dirty, but I'm sure he doesn't notice it. Yeah. If there's nothing. As long as there's food, he doesn't care. Right. He's only mm-hmm. there for the food. <laughs> right. I'm only here for the food. And we do have to mention that she used scathing just because we're poof <laughs> Oh, did she use it correctly? I believe she did. She wrote a long, scathing letter to her sister, informing her in no uncertain terms that she didn't want to have any contact from her. And of course, Lily ignores her, which I think is great. So, yes, we, we have scathing in here. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Oh, no, never mind. Okay. Yeah, she's skating on her. Sorry. It's good. She used the correct thing. It's good. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> good job, Jules. <laughs> Yay, Jules. You get 30 points. We'll send to you. Jules, well done. Can I actually just go and give Jules 10 points right now? Go for I'm it. Pretty you're sure you can, yeah, you, All right, I'm, I'm, you're you're I'm not even it. a prefect. You're ahead of house now. I'm sorry. Yeah. You've gone up ahead of house again. Now. I forgot. And I, I'm like the longest serving head of house in the history of the world. I know. Guys, just point. out that the PS is the Hermione of Puffwa. She's called like two staff meetings in the time that we've been in here. I know it. Actually, really? Well, no. She's um, like, we need to do this. So I'm like, I'm podcasting. Well, let me know when no, you're the, done. To set up the new <laughs> uh, parts of the form. I think I'll do the Babylon 5 one. That one sounds oh, fun. Yeah, that seems important. So Petunia's heading. She's looking for a job. Of course, she won't go back to Grunion's because that's where he's at. But they gave her a good letter of recommendation. And she's looking at the one ads. Kind of funny that she got here and got the letter of recommendation just in case. No, I think they gave it to her when right. she quit after she got married. It was kind of a departure thing that she got. Like insert oh, name. Okay, because I was it's a little weird. But maybe that's how. It Basically, works. yeah, I think so. And he walks in, and of course he wants to know if there's tea. And I like that 
when she finally looks at him, which she hasn't done right away, he looks terrible. He's in the same clothes. As Ryan said, he same underwear. He's been sleeping in them for three nights. His eyes are bloodshot and he's got large circles in, under them, which is why I think he's like been sleeping in, in his office or <laughs> the car. I like the car. Car. In the driveway. Right. Well, she would never looked out of the house, so it's very possible. Very possible. Yeah. And he's like, all of a sudden, he's like, I don't like getting lied to. And she's like, yeah, I, I got that. Thank you very much. But he's willing to put it behind them as long as there's no more secrets. And this is where you find out that, or I don't know, this is where I figured out that he's getting as much out of this marriage as she is. You know, she, we see this all from her perspective. And it's, he's the one that's given her something. He makes her feel attractive. He pays attention to her and stuff like that. But she gives him something too, or he wouldn't have come back. Yeah, food, clothing, <laughs> a bed to sleep in, shelter. Mm-hmm. They're very close. Yeah. Well, they're not, Benefits. Really, sh- not really shelter because I think basically she's a house elf. Right. Basically, th- she's a house elf. I think that's <laughs> what benefits. it is. I think that With she, benefits. it's not so much that she's there, it's that she's there and she has his paper folded to the right section and his glass of booze and his slippers waiting for him. And yeah, it's the house elf. It's to, I, mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. He might have a hard time finding somebody else that's willing to do that for him. Do that. Wait on him hand and foot. Mm-hmm. That's the other reason oh, I wanted to punch him in the face. Hey, betcha. So they talk and they... Why can't I find something? Like that, man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well done, Kelly. You did for us. Says the green uh, lady. What you say, Julia? I said I would shoot you where you stand. <laughs> it's the Orion Slave girl. She's looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> I've never done that. We'll, we'll have to post your picture again. I'll go look for it. No, that's, that's okay. So they pretty much go back to the way they were. We find out that Lily doesn't stop writing and stuff and finally wants to come over. And that's when she just kind of unloads on her and tells her she never wants to see her again and slams the door in her face. And finally, Lily has to accept it. Not even Lily can mess you know. that, yeah. Poor Lily. Because you, know. like, Lily, you get the sense Lily kept trying <laughs> up until the very end. So you wonder if even it's to like some extent Petunia liked the fact that Lily kept trying, kept trying, kept trying, kept trying, kept trying, and then all of a sudden she pushed Lily so far mm-hmm. that even Lily stopped trying. She's like, okay. Yeah. No, I, I don't think she. she just, I don't think uh, she cared by the uh, end. But you sometimes you do that if you're angry at someone and they feel bad for what they've done. You're like, good. I'm glad you feel bad, and you want them to suffer a little bit. And if it's like Lily mm-hmm. kept trying to get Petunia to come around, and Petunia liked the fact that maybe she was in control of something, and she exploited that to the fullest extent. Yeah. It does say that every once in a while she wished she had her sister back, young and carefree. The girl would fly off swings or make flowers open and close by wanting it to happen. Mm-hmm. But those wishes never lasted long because the reality of what Lily was easily overcame Petunia's memories of what she'd been. Life goes on, and then we find out that she's got a child growing in her belly. Ew. Ew, they did that. Ew. They done did the nasty. They did. Yeah. I talked to somebody today whose mother's listening to the podcast now, and they commented on how we uh, apparently talk a lot about sex. We do? Really? (laughs) Apparently. I think Julia was uncomfortable. She just went to bed. I know. She left us. Did she? I'm trying to add her back, but it's... Slow she going. She yeah, I got her. I was working on it. Welcome back. Thank you. We decided we made you uncomfortable with the sex talk and you left us. 
What? Oh, no. Why? She's the one that started it. <laughs> Not this time, I don't think I did. I was just sitting there going... You have failed me for the last time. <laughs> You have a late. <laughs> oh, so, what did I miss? Nothing. Just that we've made a baby. We had a baby. We commented that Toonie and Vernie did the nasty. Toonie and Vernie. Right. That's just wrong. So then, right. And then we all went, bow, chicka, bow, wow. And, yeah, right. <laughs> so I didn't miss anything. No, I remember. didn't miss anything. Okay. So we have 18 months later, and I love the way that it starts. It was going to be a beautiful day. She could just tell. Autumn temperatures were crisp, the sky was clear and blue, the sun was shining. Yeah. I like this. She's bringing in the milk, the fresh milk that's delivered. She could get it at the shop, but no, this is better. Which reminds me of me and my raw milk that I meet in a parking lot and I pass her eggs and she passes me raw milk because it's illegal for me to buy raw milk. And so we always feel like we're passing drugs or something when we go and make the exchange. Right. Oh my goodness. Not Okay. Listen to anybody that's in Sue's area that's a cop. It's going down tonight. <laughs> Tomorrow morning. Oh, I was supposed to call her. For a woman with a giant As long hat. as she doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> and it might yell She'll be wearing yellow. It's very what difficult the to miss. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. <laughs> Oh, that's so coming I, on yeah, I've been YouTube looking at, in a couple days, right? Yes. Okay. I've been, I know. I'm so excited. God, I can't wait. Looking at different Finitus uh, <laughs> pictures, and somebody actually dressed up his hat. It goes from the top of their head to their ankles. It's this huge hat. I was impressed. What are you laughing at, Trisha? Oh, God. It just reminded me of the guy I started dating. Um, I go, yeah, I'm just a big Hufflepuff. And he looks at me and goes, what the hell is a Hufflepuff? I just started laughing so freaking hard. I mean, it took me 10 minutes to calm down to tell him what the hell Hufflepuff Because <laughs> he didn't know he was quoting? <laughs> no, he had no clue what he was quoting or anything. I was just, I, then I made him go take the test. And what was he? Yeah, what, do you what, want? what is he? He's a freaking Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Woo. Yay, oh, so but the thing is, it was just perfect. He looks at me and goes, what the hell's a Hufflepuff? And I just, I, I totally lost it. Yeah, I can understand that. Hufflepuffs are good finders. <laughs> We are. We find keys to your chickens. Me too. All right. I find. <laughs> I spy with my little eye. I'm sorry. Wayne just Skyped me. He's enjoying the spoiler sound effects in episode 110. Yay, Ryan. What sound effects? Yeah. That was all PS. That was all PS. <laughs> what the hell just happened? It, it, it's a donkey noise. You haven't listened to 110, I can tell. Although uh, the entire no, thing with Death Rolls voice just... cracking, that was me. That, that was all me, but the other part was mm-hmm. totally okay. PS. So she goes out to get the milk and finds... Bringing us back. Did you notice? Finds a baby down with the milk. And, and then she does exactly what Trisha does. Cue Trisha. Can't do it too loud, I guess. Yeah, don't, don't wake up the sleeping child. And she with a letter in to the top. Mm-hmm. And brilliant green eyes, so like her sister's. And I love that she glances up and down the street to make sure nobody's looking before she brings him in. Very no one's arm will never have a problem. Yeah, no one will notice that there's two babies in the house. Mm-mm. You know, if she could have hid him away every day, she would have. Mm-hmm. She tried to. She put him under the damn stairs. Yep. 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 
Lily's dead and she's being asked, well, told really to care for Lily's son. And how on earth is she going to explain all of this to Vernon? Dun, dun, dun. To which I thought there was a part two. It's not really a part two. For, for the rest, you have to go read the books. Right. Okay. I thought there was right. going to be a little bit more. I was, like, I was all excited. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what's next. I'm like, oh, I, I already read that. Okay. Yeah. It's the other one's more of a people. Yeah, it's called Harry Potter. <laughs> And yeah, sorcerers, no sorcerers. So my thought, my thought for <laughs> philosophers for Jules is she wrote the Vernon Petunia fic that left me wanting more. Like there's no greater proof in the world. No, there's not. Yep, that's about it. Yeah, I, you know, she did a great for something that was way out of her element to write. I think she did a great job with it because she did make Petunia almost. You almost want to like her almost. Yeah. She's a human being. You know. You don't like her maybe very much, but you recognize her as a member of your own species, and that ain't bad. Yeah, right. And Vernon, you know, well, he's just what you step in underneath your shoe, yeah. but that's okay. And, and Petunia. So. You know, I just kind of, she just made me feel bad for Petunia, because she's just such a shallow person. And mm-hmm. she, just, she knows yeah. there could be so much there's, more, there's no she's depth. just too afraid to go beyond it. Right. There's, well, it's, I don't even think it's fear. I think it's just what's i'm looking for like um she is not um, doesn't care she's it, yeah. it's just it, there's no there's no motivation to have any yeah. depth mm-hmm. she's very she's, she's not she's willing just, to she's just there. Close mind. she's close minded because she's not willing to step beyond her comfort zone to experience new things in the world. Some people don't want when some she people. did right. try she was shocked right. and then she doesn't want to <laughs> stop one wow. at a time, we one at a time. That, <laughs> <laughs> I have been listening to, I listened to it like an unreleased segment of Potter Pundits, and they're talking a lot about imagination and how the whole world is like, the world is allowed to progress and become a better place because somebody imagined something that didn't exist or yeah. that was out of their comfort zone. It wasn't quite right. And, you know, I think Petunia just completely lacks the ability to do that. And that's why one of the reasons why her life is so boring and dull. It's because it. can't. Stagnant yeah. was the word I was Stagnant. looking for. Perfect. Yeah. She just can't <laughs> imagine anything else. Therefore, she doesn't want anything else. So. And some people are very yeah, satisfied. That that. Some people don't want to rock the boat. They want to have a perfectly happy, predictable life. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, some people are trailblazers and can't do that. Other people get stressed out. Yeah, they want to just you know, stay in their own little safety zone, but mm-hmm. Petunia takes it to a tremendous extent. Well, yeah, yeah. you know, she basically is settled. She's found this man who pays attention to her, and so she's decided that's the best she's going to be able mm-hmm. to get, and she's decided, okay, I'm just going to settle. This is, you know, this is it for me, and I'm going to make the best I can in this little world, and I think that, especially after Harry comes, the best she can in that little world, it's not very good, and they all kind of feel it. It's hard Because to Vernon's not happy. Yeah. It's hard to know you're settling if you don't have an example of what you could possibly have. Like, if you think something is the best you're going to get, you might say, well, this is a pretty good deal. But then if you could experience something greater, you would never settle for the first thing. But it's difficult to, for some people sometimes to have that, you know, foreknowledge unless they really focus on yeah. or, or think outside the box. Right. It's like, remember the days of Fatherfic Weekly before Jen? No. <laughs> There was two episodes. You mean those two episodes? (laughs) Right. Those three episodes. (laughs) Right. There's like two episodes we thought 
were awesome and wonderful, and this was like the best podcast ever. And then Jen came along, and we were Tim, like, oh come my in. god, we thought that Tim, shit was good. Come in. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> that poor woman. Oh. Yeah, poor, poor Kim the first. <laughs> Poor Kim. And then, of course, we had, you know, you, you, you talk about how you want your life to be exciting, and then you have that classic phrase, you know, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> you may get it. We're all saying, Petunia, yeah, come on, live in get some excitement in your life. What possibly could go wrong? Oh, no. Well, let's see. Um, she could uh, have to raise a wizard. She would have to keep him no matter how much she wanted to get rid of him. She would have to leave her house and probably have it burned to the ground by people who are looking for her nephew. Does Shelly go on? No. Yeah. I think you got it. <laughs> oh, Garth is back. I think so. I'm going to start doing that. She said she was going to just randomly do it. Yes. So often, you know it's going to be funny. I should do it. I should do it at school tomorrow or in camp tomorrow. I don't know if it works as well if you're in the same room and people can look over at you and be like, "What the hell are you doing?" (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. But they're all three years old. They're not going to get it. Yeah, they won't. They're all three. Well, yeah. Yeah, but he's older than three. I have a plushy Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. He stands about eight inches tall. He's squishy. And it's so funny because people will pluck him off of the shelf at work where he's in my cube at work. And they'll, and they'll like, squish him, you know. <laughs> he's squishy. I'm like, yeah, he's not going to live much longer if you keep doing that, though. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really unrelated story. Oh, yeah. Let's finish. Then I'll tell the completely unrelated okay. story from work. I do want to oh, plug... Oh. <laughs> you should introduce ourselves today. Ryan's being really quiet. He went to sleep. Hi, I'm Ryan. No, I'm I'm right here, and then there's my well, I'm like, last. I'm just saying, it's okay. It, he's afraid to talk because then we'll accuse him of breathing again. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I wanted, did he say? And welcome back to Final Fantasy. No, I did on my third take because <laughs> you know <laughs> there. I did it last week too. That. Jules also. I, I said uh, Mike. You did say Mike. We were said Mike. waiting for Ryan to say Ryan, and he didn't do it. <laughs> so I said Mike. Uh, Jules also Mike. has a somewhat prequel. It wasn't written as a prequel, but it goes really well with this story of Lily and Petunia when they were girls and Lily finding out that she is magic. And it is called Sisters, and we will also link that in the show notes. Yeah, I read that today. Just wanted to throw that out there. Ryan, did you read it? I didn't read the other one, no. I, I read this one. Did you get to it? Oh, you should read it. I, I Tomorrow will. at work. It'll give you something to do. Perhaps I shall, because I have nothing else going on, so let's do that. Yeah. Well, it's Jules, I will. No, I seriously will. So, I really like this. I thought it was interesting to find, you know, to read a Petunia Fernand story that I actually kind of went, okay, I like this. I, I kind of feel sorry for her. I And, you know, like Ryan said, to come away and go, you know, I'd almost like to see more of this. Yeah. Anybody else? Only if I get to punch Vernon. You may. Yay! Yay! <laughs> that even sounded like a punch. Get along, <laughs> Punches for everybody. Three punches for I'm afraid my hand will get, like, sucked into his stomach, though. No, uh, I use a big stick instead. Yeah. He's a pinata. Woohoo! <laughs> I thought Aunt Marge was I'm a pinata. Wait a minute. That's true. Uh, no sploney, please. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody well, else? Uh, no, I enjoyed this pick, which is weird for me because I don't 
generally like anything having to do with Petunia and Vernon, but I liked it. And Jules used scathing correctly, which is worth 10 points in my book. So good job, Jules. Well, I think the reason that it was fun to read is because you knew that the big secret or the big blow up was going to be after the end because of Harry. It was like, oh, we know it's coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is going to rattle your world. Yahoo. Yep. And it did. It sure did. Yeah. And it continued to rattle his whirls until he went away. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think it can still even after he went away. Went away. <laughs> and after that, yeah. <laughs> That's right, because we just did number eight, Private Drive, where, you know, his granddaughter's magical and they're all coming for dinner. <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah! That's leaving me. And because I recently read after the end, Harry and Sirius went back and put computational charms and followed Dudley to the movie theater. That's right. <laughs> that was so funny. I love that. That was true. Oh my one day I'm going to be on a podcast and I'm not going to make a single after the end reference. That's but today is not that day. <laughs> yeah. Kelly started the but I do think after the one day. I, I think we made it through. That was completely unintentional. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It was also my second part of the episode, so. Oh well, okay. Ryan, did we have Battlestar Galactica or Star Trek? We had Star Trek. Star Trek. I don't think I got Battlestar Galactica in here. You got a couple more minutes. <laughs> no, frantically, th- I have nothing. I can't think of anything that reminds me of Battlestar Galactica. Um, hold on. Um, I literally can't. Think oh, here we go. Anything that's not Battlestar Galactica, that's Star Wars. Um, dinner party. Th- there was a dinner party on Battlestar Galactica once. Um. <laughs> All right. Stop it. I I was thinking more like burning up. Okay, am I the only one that can't hear Trisha? We had the Cylons, the humans that she's soft. No, she's like it's like she's breaking up because I'm record because I'm just recording my end of this call. So talking over, yeah, just making sure it's not. Ryan's recording because the painters are here making ladder noises, and I was afraid we'd be picking that up. Trisha, say what you said. I just forgot what I said. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry. I love it when that happens. It wasn't that important or whatever it was. Okay. Are we good? Shall we say goodnight? Let's say goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our life. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.